Hey guys, this is Trev. What you're about to hear is the audio from an episode that was originally recorded in video. To see the video, visit our website at insideactingpodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Alga. And on this podcast, we interview actors, directors, managers, agents, casting directors, producers, anybody involved in the entertainment industry, package it up into this little podcast here and deliver it to an internet near you. And on today's episode, we have uh, our second part of our interview with uh, Robert Clotworthy, who Mm -hmm. was the uh, voice of Jim Rayner in the StarCraft games. You guys remember him from, from a previous episode, so... We're excited to have him uh, as our first video podcast episode guest. Yes, uh, he was gracious enough to come back and, uh, uh, you know, be our, our not only our first video guest, but he came back just to re-record the second half of his interview so that he could be our uh, our first video guest. So that was uh, that was very cool of him. So we're excited to have him. It's kind of um, we we wanted to, we usually we use this segment of the podcast to do kind of a catch up and talk about kind of what what's new in our lives but i think for the video podcast we're going to change it up a little bit and just kind of focus on a big learn that we had from this week um i had kind of a slow week so i don't have a whole lot but i know you have some stuff that you wanted to yeah we were thinking you know we could talk about not just you know what we experienced uh during the week but like trevor said what we learned and also uh what help in facilitating the learning of our listeners by answering some listener questions. Um, so in addition to calling in and writing in, uh, you can also, if you want to, put yourself on camera now. If you have like an eyesight camera or, or a webcam on your computer, just record yourself and send that into in the into the podcast as well as your, your email and voicemail questions. And please keep it short because we're like so, super limited on time <laughs> for what we can do here at video. Good call, good call. Um, well, we can edit them. We'll, we'll chop you up if you go too long. That's what's going to happen. So what do you got going on, dude? Um, so I just, my big learn for this week was really about, I mean, it, it, it stemmed from the podcast. It stemmed from us like moving into video and working with, uh, Alex who's behind the camera right now on some, uh, projects that, hi Alex, on some projects that he's working on. Um, <clears throat> you know, where, you know, he brought me into, to acting and you're in that as well. Uh, this project that we've been working on called Prodigal Son. Um, I guess my big learn is, is, I mean, we've been talking about it on the podcast for a really long time, but just to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like just take uh, Nike's advice unless they stole it from somebody else, which they probably did, and just do it. Just start working on something. All you need is a, a you know a group of friends, a camera, and that's pretty much it. You know, we got some uh, some you know uh, lav mics that we're using here that we've been using in a lot of our video projects. Uh, Alex is there behind the DSLR. He's got a a, 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 a a Canon that shoots decent video. Like, you know, it's just. It's just a matter of doing it, you know, and I guess that that's what I learned this week was just like, because we, we filmed an entire uh, uh, webisode uh, segment scene of this project that we're working on, and we did it in like four hours, you know, it was just me and another actress, and, and, and we seriously banged it out, and we were there at like 8 a.m., and we were done before noon, mm-hmm. um, and it looks great, and the scene is great, and it's going to fit into the rest of the story, so... You know, if you have a story to tell, or if you have a friend who has a story to tell and you want to act in their project, like, just do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how much you will learn and how much you will, um, you know, uh, it, surprise yourself, I guess, is the yeah. big thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world now to do stuff. And I think, you know, fail forward is kind of our unofficial mantra of the podcast. Right, right. And you kind of experienced that with Donor. You know? Yeah, and I think, I think the key is just to have a good story. You know, like, we've talked about this yeah. with... Um, with uh, why am I blanking on his name? Beverly Hills Playhouse. Alan Barton. Alan Barton. And he says, you know, like you've got a lot of actors who go out there and they just kind of do gimmicks. They do funny voices. They do caricatures and and satires of their agents or whatever. It's some 
commentary on the industry that's kind of yeah, got a cynical yeah. tint to it. And it's like, but if you have a good story that you can write, uh, and that all that takes is a little bit of brain power, doing this is easy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So. This is uh, this is definitely the easy part, I guess. Um, so don't wait to act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, don't wait. Don't to wait to do anything. Do don't do. wait to do anything. You know. Yeah. That yeah. I, I guess that was my my big learn for this week. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this uh, interview with uh, Robert Clotworthy. Um, it's uh, it's uh, he and I, and um, I, I'm not nervous. I'm holding back a sneeze. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, enjoy. <laughs> I had the worst allergies when I was interviewing him, and I'm sitting there like... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like trying to... Are you okay? No, I'm fine. Hey guys, what's going on? So uh, here we are with our first video guest, first ever video guest, and it's actually the second part of a two-part interview, uh, which you may have already heard the first part of with Robert Clotworthy. So thank you for being... I I think I draw the short straw, that's why I'm the... Oh, that's so mean (laughs) and true, actually. We lined up him, Tom Hanks... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. okay. No, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Now he's really lying. Now you know he's lying. Um, so we did get the second half of this interview on audio, but since we're moving into video, we figured we'd bring Robert back, and he was so gracious to be with us again, so we're, um, we're very happy to have him and uh, get the, the content that we got before, but just uh, do it on, on video. So um, I think we left off talking about the, uh, what Trevor or myself, or I think Trevor heard it from somebody else, the, the Ain't It Awful Club, which is like the people who uh, essentially complain all the time, uh, right. specifically right. talking right. about actors, right. uh, who sort of set themselves up uh, to feel better about the audition if they don't get it, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, in my opinion, they're basically setting themselves up for, for failure. As soon as you go into uh, an audition and you start critiquing the uh, the experience, the, the script, uh, whatever it might be, you're really taking yourself out of the game. And I think psychologically what a lot of these actors try to do is by rejecting themselves prior to somebody else rejecting them, they kind of insulate themselves from the pain of being rejected because they've already rejected themselves. So when they, get, when they don't get the job, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And... I'm happy that and it makes them feel better yeah, too. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, they feel okay, better. They don't feel great. But it's they, like they're they're they feel cutting better than just dealing with the fact that they're being rejected. Right. They're right. cutting down the material so they can say, "Oh, it was crap anyway." Right. So it's and, a good thing I didn't. And get also, it. that I find that that attitude uh, they bring into the audition as well. You know, right. If if you know if the product is Pizza Hut, you know, and they're going, "Oh, this is stupid. This is terrible." It's it's the read is going to come across as if they don't like the product. As opposed to, right. you know, thinking, hey, man, this is, this is the best stuff I've ever had. Right. That's, what, that's what you need to do. You need to be fully committed to whatever it is that you're, uh, you're auditioning for or, or, or performing. If you're not committed, the audience is going to pick up on that, and they're going to go with the guy that, that is committed. Right, so you sort of walk in with all that angst yeah, before and, you even... And also, it's not, you know, it's not rocket science what we're doing here. I mean, we're basically... Playing in the sandbox, we're we're really fortunate that we're able to be actors. Uh, you know, as I was telling you before, neurosurgery is is difficult for me. Um, 
acting should be very, very easy. And, and we were saying before, if you go to a neurosurgeon, if you need a neurosurgeon, you don't want to go to a neurosurgeon that is nervous about being a neurosurgeon, that is just a wreck, that doesn't really enjoy it, that, uh, that it's difficult for them. You know, they constantly have to think about, you know, what if we're going to go over those veins again? Oh, my God. You, know, you don't need that. Uh, you want to go to the guy that is totally committed and just when he's doing his surgery, he's just caught up in it. Time just doesn't exist. It's, it's, it's the moment. It's the experience. He's in love with it. Um, and that's what you need to do as, as an actor. You need to just really enjoy the process. If it's difficult for you, I say become a neurosurgeon, okay? <laughs> then, you, then you find out what, what challenges really What true are. difficulty is, yeah, right? It's like we were talking about the Cone brothers when they won their Oscar for, was it uh, <clears throat> Old no Men for Old Country? Well, something, whatever it is. No Country for Old Men. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. They said, <laughs> I like No Men for Old Country, though. That's a much better title. You know, that was actually the working title, but they, you know, the studio came in and said, oh, ah. okay, we've got to change this around. Um, <clears throat> They're not going to let Robert Clark or the title films anymore. <laughs> you know, I realized early in life that Titling films is not my forte. Not now, your forte. No, mm. you know, actually, it's fort. If you look oh. in the, uh, the, you know, in the dictionary, it's fort because you know you don't pronounce the e. Really? But, yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. so but, but look it up. Um, so you move from titling films to uh, pronunciation codes. Pronunciation codes. Yeah, I gotcha. realized that you know I knew where I was where I was good at. But the, the Cone brothers said, you know what we're doing now is not that much different than what we were doing when we were six, which was making films as as children, and they're absolutely right. The experience and what they're doing should have that same familial feeling. Right. You know, that, that, you know, that same uh, joy that they had as a child, that, that sense of adventure, that, that passion that they had as a child is what they're bringing to the work as an adult. If they, you know, if they felt you know, the burden of the world on their shoulders every time they were trying to, uh, to make a film, they wouldn't be able to produce anything. And if they did produce something, it would be so... It'd be awful, you know, because it would have. It, they, they wouldn't be able to to make a, a, a choice. They would be nervous about everything. Um, they so, wouldn't be having any, any fun, that's for sure. A, a, exactly, and you'd be having no fun. I mean, what's the point of, of living life if it's all if it's all pain, right? Hmm. Totally. Yeah. So, I, in fact, I spend my days trying to avoid all pain. <laughs> all pain, which is why you didn't become a neuro, neurosurgeon in the first yeah, place, or or a patient. <clears throat> I'm certainly, you know, I've decided I'm not going to have any more surgeries because it's. It's not fun. So, you know, we talked about not walking into the room with a lot of angst, not walking in, sort of judging the, prejudging the material. Um, but you also said when we had you on before um, that, uh, you know, when you get to the professional level, right. there's like a stack of, let's say, headshots, right? right? right. All people who sort of look like you, right. same right. sort of age, could play the same characters right. and everything. And if you put them up on against the... I think this was what you said. You put them up on a wall, you could throw a dart and, you know, just pick one because right. everybody is good enough that they right. can pr play that part. So right. you talked a little bit about how to set yourself apart in the room from that other uh, list of, of, of like-type actors. Um, what, what kind of things do you... How did I say I'm supposed to do that? Because I can't remember. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's true. Um, uh, at the professional level, uh, everybody's really pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't get to the point of where you're a, a working professional in anything unless you've uh, been able to do the job pretty well. Uh, you know, you're not going to be a successful plumber if you're not able to solve plumbing problems. So by the time you get to the point of where you're 
uh, a professional actor where you're, you're making your living doing it, where you're auditioning and you're one of those select few that gets to audition for whatever project you're auditioning for. Um, the, the level of, of talent and abilities is pretty high, which, yeah. which is good. Um, so literally they can, you know, if you, if you were not auditioning, somebody else would get the job. Uh, you know, you see it all the time where one actor is, you know, a major star maybe signed to do a film. And, uh, you know, I was reading something the other day where Denzel Washington was going to play the role of uh, a movie called The Butler. It's about this, uh, this fellow who is the butler at the White House from like 1952 to 1986. Well, he dropped out. Couldn't do it hmm. for whatever reason. Well, he replaced him with Forrest Whitaker. Okay? So, wow. <clears throat> Just like that, probably, it's, too. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, they, they looked and saw who's out there. Oh, yeah, he's, he's right for it. So it's, you know, Denzel's not doing it, but Forrest is doing it. So no matter what level you're at, there's going to be somebody that can step in and do the job. Sure. Uh, so um, what do you do to separate yourself when you're auditioning from all those other actors? And uh, part of it is, is, A, not carrying in a lot of baggage. You know, those actors that, uh, you know, have this stress, this pain, this trauma that they're bringing in, the, you know, the audition process is so painful and it's so serious and they bring all this, this in. If you're on the other side of that table and you're trying to cast it, do you really want to work with a guy that's, you know, right. you know in, in such pain that he's torturing himself the entire time that he's there? No, you want to work with a guy that's, A, able to do the job and B, is pleasant to work with. So when I go into the audition... I always try to, A, I do my research on who I'm auditioning for so I understand who's in the room because there might be some crazy connection. We may have the same birthday. We may have, have worked on, on a similar project together or we may have a, a favorite author or a movie. I mean, you never know what's out there. That's one of the great things about the Internet is there's tons of information <laughs> yeah. out there. If you go on IMDb, you'll find out all kinds of stuff. About about people. they have that little trivia section yeah, on the trivia or or <clears throat> awards that they've made or all kinds of stuff. So and it's also important to familiarize yourself with those people because those are the people that are going to be uh, be hiring you. So you want to you want to respect who they are and the work that they've done. So there may be something that you've admired and you go, hey, I want to just tell you, I just want, I really loved X Y Z film, and I'll go, thank you. In fact, we're talking about Russell Crowe. I uh, was working, doing some voice work on Gladiator, and everybody said, oh, Russell Crowe, you know, don't talk to me, such a, such a jerk, you know, blah, 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 Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe. Well, he was there doing something, and he was, he was walking out, and as he walked by me, I said, uh, I just want to tell you, I really loved your work in Proof. And, you know, it came from a genuine place, yeah. I was honest, but I had also... You know, even though I had seen the film, it's a matter of doing research about the people that you're going to be, be working with because you'll find a connection. And he and I, you know, for that brief moment, had a little connection. You know, I wasn't just a person that was in a hallway or somebody that was bothering about something. It was giving him an honest compliment about a piece of work that obviously he was proud of, something that really uh, started, you know, in my opinion, started his, his career. It was his first, I think, one of his first <coughs> real major starring roles. And it was a it was a great film, and he was terrific in it. And not a lot of people would comment on it, so he was appreciative of it. Nice. Um, so whenever you go into an audition, I try to do my research, know who it is that I'm going to meet, and I'll find some kind of a connection or some kind of a, of, of a story or some kind of a thought that I can bring into the room because you want to break up the pattern as well. 
You know, when you go into an audition, it's almost like there's a metronome going. The door opens, the door closes. They ask you, mm. do you have any questions? Here's who you're reading with. Sit down. Okay, read. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You walk out the door. And it's, it's like a, you know, two and a half minutes or however it is. And everybody's in there for that same period of time. So if you can and doing of, the same material. And doing okay. the same thing. So if you can break it up a little bit, you know, uh, break up that pattern just a tiny bit. I'm not saying, you know, make it. 11 minute monologue when you go in but something to kind of break it up a little bit it it you know it, it it's like if you're listening to uh the same song over and over and over again all of a sudden there's you know a different beginning to that song you're gonna oh wow what was what was that yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop this i'm gonna play this back i didn't hear that before so it it, it kind of separates you from, from everybody else it's not going to guarantee you the job but when it gets down to where they're going to decide listen everybody was good who are we going to choose how about that guy, you know, the guy that had the funny story that, you know, talked the thing about Russell Crowe. You know, you, everybody like him? Yeah, he seemed like a good guy. Sure, okay, let's hire him. Then, you know, once you got the job, it's easy. It's, uh, you know, so that's just one of the few tricks that I, I try to do to uh, kind of separate myself from everybody else and tends to, to work fairly well. Now, this makes a, for a decent segue because sometimes mm-hmm. it can uh, maybe shoot yourself in the foot a little bit. I don't know. Do you want to tell the, the Max Weiner what? story from, uh, from Mad Men, yeah, your, Mad- your, your audition for uh, Mad Men? Yeah, sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I always <clears throat> put it out there. You know, this is a story of Robert trying to keep himself calm before going into the audition room. Well, yeah, I've, I've read for, for Mad Men, I think, uh, three or four times or something over the last couple of years. Haven't gotten the part, but uh, and I've always felt that I've stuck my foot in my mouth <laughs> when I go in there. And the, this last time, I guess was a pretty good example of that because I was, you know, I, first of all, I separate myself from all the other actors because you get into a, a room with a bunch of actors waiting to get into an audition, and it's it's, it's you know they'll distract you, they get in conversations, it's a lot of nonsense, it's, it's just bullshit that they're they're talking about. It and you need to focus on, on the work. So I separate myself and I go out into the hallway and I was sitting down just looking at the script and I see Matt Weiner walking down the hall, coming towards me. And he says, hey, Robert, how are you? And I say, hey, Matt. And this was just after they won uh, uh, the, the Emmys. I guess it was like the Monday or Tuesday after this, this last Emmy. I didn't say, hey, Matt. I said, hey, Mr. Weiner, how are you? <laughs> how, are, how are you? And he said, good, good. And, uh, and he says, are you going to be in front? I said, yeah, I'll be in a, in a few minutes. So I appreciate you coming down and you know, congratulations on the... Uh, having successful Emmys, and you know, thank you, thank you very much. So he goes in, well, needless to say, I go in to actually audition, and Mr. Weiner says to the other people, he says, you know, Robert's been in here three or four times, and I've got to tell you, Robert, we're always, you always do a great job, we're going to find something for you on the show, and uh, I'm always impressed that you're so comfortable and relaxed. He says, when I, just, when I was walking in, you were just in the hallway, just saying they're relaxed, we had a good conversation, and I, he says, what? Well, you know, everybody's, other people are nervous. And I said, well, you know, it's because I, you know, I, 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 I want to be able to do a good job. And let's face it, what we're doing here, it's, it's not brain surgery. <laughs> I realized, in the audition. In the audition, as soon as I said that, I realized, this guy just won like four Emmys in a row for a bit. I went, oh I my say, God, it's not brain what surgery. I, what did I say? And he mm-hmm. goes, he goes, Robert. It is brain surgery. <laughs> I said, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, now, I, now I know. Thank you. Thank you. My mistake. But I, I really went, why, why do I... Why, 
Why? 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 That's classic. So anyway, but you know, I love that story. Uh, Sorry, I made you tell it again. <laughs> yeah, my my Brad. Yeah, I know. Anyway, well, hopefully, hopefully they'll have me. They'll have me back. And it, you know what's funny is every Definitely. time I go in there, I go. Don't say something silly. Just kind of just pull it together. Just, well, see, just don't overtalk. That's why I wanted you to tell that story because I feel like some actors, in an effort to sort of break the fourth wall and do that thing where they, they are comfortable and familiar with the room and, and they're having a good time and they're trying to break up the, the metronome, as you said. Yeah. I really like that yeah. term, by the way. Um, they do do something that's totally <laughs> puts their foot in their mouth or wastes everybody's time or something like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I really like, uh, you know, the story about Russell Crowe and everything because it's about being, a, like you said, a genuine human being. Yeah. And that's, that to me is the most important Well, well also, thing. you know, when I, I agree. And also when I left, I wasn't beating myself up and, you know, going to mm. therapy or going to a bar and drinking myself into a, into a, into a you know... <laughs> A drunken coma because of what happened. I really, I thought that's kind of funny, actually. To, <laughs> it to, is for funny. some some schlub I'm actor sure think it's to funny. you know tell the guy who, who's like one of the the greatest minds on creative minds on TV that hey it's not rocket science what we're doing here we're just playing in the sandbox. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, hope, I, I think he took it well. He, he and uh, also uh, I let him get the get the last laugh. I realized. You know, people kind of chuckled when he said, and I said, I'm not going to try to... No, don't one-up him. No, don't one-up him. No, no, no. It is brain surgery. It is Everybody laughs and move on. You're right. Have the audition. Awesome. So um, we've come to our our final two questions that we ask all of our guests. um, And uh, yes, it's like, uh, you know, inside the actor's studio. What's your favorite curse word? Um, Mustard. It's not a curse word. Um, So our first question is, uh, do you feel like this career... This path through life, uh, the entertainment industry. Do you feel like this uh, business chose you, or you chose it? Mm. Um, I think I, when you asked me this question before, I had a, a long pause because, and I think my answer was a l- little bit of, of both mm-hmm. because um, I think you said it was mutual. Yeah, because I was I was fortunate enough to a grow up in in Los Angeles. My father happened to be in the the advertising business at the time. Um, So, you know, I I used to go with him to recording studios and down to different sets, uh, uh, you know, for for different TV shows. So I was kind of around it growing up, whereas if I'd grown up somewhere else, I wouldn't have had that experience. But it was also something that I naturally was interested in. um, Or I, I... naturally found myself going there. It wasn't like somebody said, you need to do this and were directing me in a, in a specific direction. I was discovering it on my own and naturally um, having fun with it as a child. I think that's important at the beginning is to just kind of get lost in it, to get immersed in it. And then then once you get beyond that, that's when you start to, to really start studying and learning the craft and getting serious about it. So I chose it in that it was something that I was interested in, and I followed that path. I had the, you know, the, either the courage or the stupidity, or whatever it was, to to continue down down that path because I was, you know, I was fortunately fairly successful early on, and uh, but also the circumstances um, made it much easier for me. So, uh, you know, my and my father was not one that was going to discourage me from doing it because, you know, he was, he was an actor growing up. Um, so 
so in that regard, it was a kind of a, I guess we're hand in hand, holding hands, walking, walking down, <laughs> walking off walking into the down sunset. that path. Yes, yes. Nice. And our final question is, um, if you could take all of your experiences, everything that you've learned in this industry, in this business, um, you know, and you've been working a, a quite a while, you know, since you were 16, I think yeah, you said. 15, um, if you could take all of your knowledge and experience and boil it down to sort of one nugget of advice, uh, what would that be? Neurosurgery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's knowing who you are. Um, understanding uh, what it is that motivates you, what your passion is, and trusting in that. Uh, you know, staying focused, uh, not letting life distract you, especially when you're when you're starting out. You know, that's when you have the uh, the luxury to really kind of follow that passion a bit. And you need to do that. You need to build up that that love. That uh, that desire, that uh, that joy within you for for what, whatever it is that you're doing, and that will sustain you through the the hard hard times, and uh, knowing that who you are is enough. Now you can you're always going to try to improve yourself to be you know more proficient to learn more skills, but don't compare yourself to what everybody else is offering, especially when it comes to acting, because everybody brings a little something different to the table. Yeah. It's not a cookie cutter business where we're looking for it, this, one, next, next. What separates you is your uniqueness. So don't shy away from that. Don't be embarrassed by uh, who you are or what you are or what your perspective is or what little ticks or, or idiosyncrasies you might have. You look at the, um, at, at uh, you know, some of the, the finest actors, the people that we admire the most, they've all got a little, a little something, they've got a little flaw that they are willing to, to share with us. And that's what we identify with. That's what, I think that's the key to kind of getting you into, uh, in, into, the, into the consciousness uh, of, the, of the character and why everybody can relate to it. Because if you're perfect, nobody can relate to that because we're imperfect people. So if you've got flaws and you're willing to, to share that with the rest of the world, people are very sympathetic to that and they're very forgiving and they identify with it. Um, you know, even with the, the character of, of, of Jim Rayner that I play in, in StarCraft, on, as written, you know, on, on surface he's a hero. You can, st you can stop at that. Okay, he's a hero. What is a hero? Well, a hero is this, that, and the other thing. But what makes him an effective hero and an effective, you know, uh, role model, so to speak, is that he's imperfect. Yeah. Is that he has flaws. <clears throat> that we can all identify with that. That he, he is still struggling to overcome those inner demons, those, uh, those battles within him. And that's what makes him human. That's what makes him interesting. That's what makes him identifiable. And that's what makes you root for him as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you want him to succeed. You know that it's not a given, that he's not going to succeed 100% of the time. Uh, so that's, as, as people, this is something we can, we can all identify with. We all want right. to get better, to, to be stronger, to, to, uh, to go down that path and be courageous. But it's not, it's not that easy. Uh, so 
if, if that would be my, my bit of advice, I know it's more than, than one or two words, but uh, that, that's beautiful. That Thank you. Um, if people want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, um, where can we find impossible? I know you have uh, your website, Robert. Yeah, it's, Robert. it's uh, robertclontworthy.com. I'm also on Twitter, which is, I think it's Rob Clontworthy. Um, yeah, so. Your Facebook certainly. fan page, right? Oh, Facebook fan page uh, is Rob, Robert Dash Clontworthy. I think it's, I think I've got around 6,000 uh, fans now. So that would be the one I, I would be a part of. And if you want to send me a, a little note or something, please do. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming back, Pleasure. Robert. We really appreciate it. Um, I guess we'll send it back to me and Trevor. I, <laughs> this is so weird uh, that we're on video now. Yeah. So anyway, um, thank you very much. Thank we really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. All right, guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Robert Clotworthy. Um, so nice of him to come back and and. and you know, help us out again. Uh, do it on uh, on video this time. I wish I could, yeah, I wish I could have been there. I was dying to meet him, just uh, to tell him how much of my life I've given to him between StarCraft and Ancient Aliens. <laughs> right? I know you're like <laughs> no. hours of my life have been dedicated to your voice. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was cool. He was telling me about uh, you know the stuff that he's working on right now with um, uh, Heart of the Swarm, which is the uh, sequel to uh, the StarCraft Two, and um, cool. Yeah, and wow. some other stuff that uh, he wasn't even supposed to tell me, so I can't talk about on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. okay then. Mm-hmm. All right. Then. How about that? <laughs> How about them apples? Um, yeah, but as our uh, viewers slash listeners can tell, total asshole. Like the guy was just uh, such a jerk. Um, no, I'm kidding. Nicest guy in the world. Nicest guy in the world, and some great stories too, and great advice as well. Cool. Looking so, uh, pick of the week. Pick of the week? Uh, yeah. My pick of the week is uh, a book that uh, I picked up uh, on the recommendation of kind of an internet person that I follow, uh, and it's uh, it's Seneca's On the Shortness of Life, and it's a it's a quick read. It's a you know it's a it's a quick philosophical rant on how short life is. You can read it in, a, in an hour in one sitting, and it was well, uh, good because life is short. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Boom! You had to. You couldn't. You couldn't. Couldn't resist, it. man. That's cool. Uh, no, it's a really great read, and it really kind of—it's a nice shot in the arm to just. I think the biggest kind of takeaway I took from it was in the very beginning. He said, "You know, some people are so miserly with their money, you know, and they're so protective of their money, but the one thing that they never get more of, or they can never create more of, time, you know, the 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 length of their life, they just kind of give away. They're not nearly as disciplined with how they use it and who gets it and who, you know where they spend it." And I was like, "Wow." Noodle bake, you know. Yeah. So um, that's a great quote. It, I picked it up for ninety nine cents on Amazon uh, for my Kindle. So can't beat that. Yeah, it's totally can't awesome. Highly recommended. And the Kindle app is free on everything now, mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily have to have a Kindle. You can uh, you can have you can download the app on Mac, PC, mm-hmm. iPad, iPhone. You know. Yeah. And it's, it, it and syncs, the Kindle, it syncs across everything. So right. if I had finished, stopped at a certain point on my Kindle, I could pick up on my iPhone. At that same spot, right? So it's pretty freaking awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of that. I, I'm gonna um, change my pick of the week, I think, based on that uh, recommendation, because uh, the subtitle of that book just reminded me of another book that I'm reading called uh, Letters to a Young Poet. What I like about it is it is very good at describing and um, empathizing with. Um, what it means to be a creative person, hmm. what it means to be an artist, 
you know. Uh, it's sort of like, you know, oh, yeah, the, it's talking to me. It's talking about me when you're when you're reading it. One, you know, one of those kind of things. Right on. So, cool. Um, All right. So, good read. Check that out. Right on. Letters from a Young... Letters to a Young Letters Poet. Letters to a Young Poet, yes. Cool. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll have a link on the website, of course. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I think that does it then for yeah. episode 68. Totally. Hopefully, you guys are digging the uh, the video format. Um, if there's something that you like or something that you don't or uh, any advice uh, you have or uh, uh, you know anything that you want to see or questions you might have, there's a, a ton of different ways of getting in touch with us. And you can start at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. Um, where you can also uh, donate and help us keep this thing going. So check that out. Please do. Anything else? That's about it. All right, cool. Well, for uh, episode 68, I'm AJ Meyer. I'm Trevor Elgott. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, neurosurgery.